My agent called, he said he got some interest in my script I'm glad I didn't tell him that I never finished it I got my cast of characters and outline for the plot I even got a famous classic case of writer's block Get it out of my head 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 Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Welcome to On the Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra, and I'm the instructor and script consultant here at On the Page. Joining me back for more is Nick Alexi, as podcast producer. Hello. Hello. Welcome back. Oh, he looks so pretty. Too. <laughs> I just so really, this is you're just going to say that every time. Yeah. That makes me happy. Fine, fine. You know what? I'm easy. I'm I'm really easy to please. So I'm I'm on Ooh. it. Joe uh, Joe Gold, who is our uh, guest today, and Tammy Kaplan, who is also our guest today. Would you say I look pretty? Yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. Absolutely. All right. Phew. And, okay. And Pilar, you're very smart too. Oh, thank you. Thank you. This is really good. Thanks. I will pay you later. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for being on the show. You all look very pretty too. Um, Joe Gold and Tammy Kaplan. Uh, for people who regularly regularly listen to this show, know that um, they have these guests have been on periodically to update us about their film, their independent film, Desperate Acts of Magic. And we've been having you guys come on for like little 10 minute chunks here and there to talk about everything from the raising money level to the production level to where we are right now, which is actually, the, the, it's in the can. Yeah, about to come out. Yes. Yeah. How many, how long have we been doing this? Uh, since 2010. Oh my <laughs> God, you guys have been updating about this since 2010. That's awesome. Yep. And, um, and you were sort of on, uh, uh, you were taking what should be sort of a small shooting schedule and spreading it out quite a bit. That's why, so that you could get people when they could be free and not have to utilize all their time. Yeah, we and shot a day or two a month for like 18 months. It also and helped us keep our day job so that we could be periodically raising money for the movie. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. And stayed out of jail, which is amazing, considering. <laughs> considering, yes. Yeah, and even used some of the um, on-the-page listeners. There were some people who ended up being on your movie. Yeah, right? as, as extras, uh, extras and helping. and production assistants, and uh, I mean, even Nick came and helped on one of the shoot days. Nick, what 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 did you do? Because I do remember when you when you came in. What did I? I was. Uh, you were helping with a magic trick. That's oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that was a lot of. Well, yeah, I uh, second day. I think we uh, we did the magic trick. It was. No well, telling the let, secret. Let's not oh, tell yeah. the let's secret, say. but ah. you let's tell everything. <laughs> so Nick actually like had to sort of do the construction of the magic trick to make it work for a, film. A little bit of uh, yeah, a little behind the scenes uh, helper there. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so so tell us where you're at right now and everything that's going on. This this whole podcast is for you because you finished it. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's in the can and it's ready to actually go out. Congrats. Well, you know, honestly, it was ready to go out um, almost a, a year ago. Yeah. Right? Because that we um, finished it in time to submit to the Toronto Film Festival in like May of 2012. 
And then we came on your podcast after that. We came out after the trailer had come out yeah, in, it was a in good trailer. like in July or August of 2012. And we were working on all our marketing materials. We were working on the trailer. We were working on the poster. We were working on the press kit. That's where we were, you know, last time we saw you. Mm -hmm. And we we were looking at what our our goals were, mm -hmm. right? I mean, if if you studied John Reese, the uh, think outside the box office, um, he says there's there's like four or five main objectives of most filmmakers, right? It's either to um, make a lot of money. Um, to get fame and fortune, not, not fortune, I shouldn't say fortune, that was the first one. Make to a get, lot of money. To get fame or, mm -hmm. or success with their career. Mm -hmm. um, it's to change the world. Hey, I've got this environmental film and I want to make people uh, be green, mm -hmm. right? It's to... Um, I think there's something about making a, a green movie or something well, that, like that. No, that's, that would be that, changing that, the world. That was the third one. Um, the, well, I'm, I know one of them is to... Oh, oh to reach as many... As big an audience as possible. Okay. Right? As big an audience as possible. I mean, that if you if that's your goal, you may want to put it on YouTube, right? For right. free. Sure. Um, and then he kind of has a fifth goal, which is to um, find an audience that will stay with you from film to film to film. That's interesting. Right? And a lot of producers, a lot of people out there are pushing for that goal that, hey, if you can find a thousand people to be your fans then you can go and make film after film after film and you'll always have an audience. But it's a tough nut to crack mm -hmm. because, you know, our last film was Never Say Macbeth and a lot of those theater fans who liked that movie may not necessarily be so excited about a magic movie. Maybe and will our magic fans be excited about our next movie, which who knows what that's going to be yeah, about. Yeah, maybe it's science fiction, you know? I mean, it, it's tough. If you're making documentaries about nutrition and you make three in a row, you can easily bring your, your fans along for that ride, mm -hmm. you know? But so our goals, I mean, we really wanted to, you know, of those, of those different goals, our goal was to push our careers forward. That was the main thing as opposed to giving out a message or something like that. So we were trying to figure out what could we do with our distribution that might help that. You know, how could we possibly be noticed by, you know, say the industry or something like that, by the biz? Yeah, you know, and, and a lot of the things that push your career fo forward are completely outside of your control. Mm -hmm. Getting into Sundance, that will push your career forward probably. Right. but. It's very hard to get into, and you can't make that happen. You're, right. you're depending on, on other people to make that happen for you. You're not able to really make that happen yourself. I mean, there were over 12,000 submissions to Sundance this year. Yeah, you can submit. I mean, that's a good start, but, <laughs> you know, but that's about all you can do. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing, oh, like, oh, yeah, like Fox Searchlight picks you up uh, once you release you in 50 cities, you know, that you can't really make that happen. So we looked at, like, what things could we do to advance our career that we could actually control, that wouldn't, we wouldn't need people to say yes to us. And it was, we could do a, a theatrical release, actually put it in a couple theaters. And it's not necessarily the smartest thing to do economically, mm -hmm. but for career advancement, it is. Because if your film goes out just on DVD or, or video on demand, you're not going to get any reviews. The New York Times is most likely not going to review you. But if you put your movie out there in a theater, then reviewers will, take, will have to take a little bit more notice. Yeah. 
how do you get in, into a theater? Right, right. <laughs> okay. So there's, I would say there are three main ways to get into theaters. The first way is you get a, um, a distributor, a theatrical distributor who pays the money to put you in some theaters and you know, usually in exchange for your firstborn, you know? <laughs> I mean, seriously, they will pay the way for you to be in theaters, and then you will probably never, ever, ever see a dime, you know, ever, because it's going to cost them a lot of money to put that into theaters. And they're going to lose money on that. So then they're going to want the DVD rights and the VOD rights and all the other rights. And then any money that comes in from those revenue streams they're going to take to recoup for putting you in theaters. In fact, there are many distributors who aren't even doing theatrical because it's always a loss. They just want to do DVD video on demand. Hmm. Right. So we sent, um, well, we sent emails to most of the theatrical distributors. Um, we didn't send to all of them, but we sent to most of them. And, and most of them didn't even respond to our email. You know, and for good reason. You know, what the theatrical distributors are looking for is they're looking, if they're going to spend money and put you in theaters, they're looking for a sure thing. Mm -hmm. They're looking for something that they can market. So they need stars mm -hmm. or they need you to have been at Sundance uh, and have amazing reviews. They want to uh, minimize the risk. Yeah. I mean, that you need something, something, and, and, and a good movie is not what they're looking for. It's got to be a good movie and it's got, you know, somebody or something that they can really promote. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just having magic is not enough, mm -hmm. right? So we, we were not expecting, we were not expecting anything, but we had to try. Right. You had to give it a shot. So we, we sent out to them. All right. So the second way to get into theaters is with a service company. All right. Now, service companies are basically distributors for hire. Okay. So you pay money for them to release your movie in theaters. And then you get all the money that comes in from when it's in theaters. Okay. And it, it's interesting. You know, this used to not be very common. Now it is extremely common. Hmm. My Big Fat Greek Wedding yeah. was a service agreement. And because of that, they actually, uh, I think it was Playtone that released it. I well, think they IFC. made a lot. Or IFC. Yeah. They, they actually made a lot more money than they would have probably the other way. Yeah, and Passion of the Christ was also a f uh, service deal. You know, so very big movies. Um, I mean, many years back, The Illusionist uh, was a was a service deal, and um, I mean, well, anyways, lots of lots of movies that you wouldn't even think were service deals are service deals. In fact, when you look at the movies that come out of Sundance this the, these years, mm -hmm. you know, you say you, you see a, a press release, freestyle releasing acquires blah 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 for you know theatrical distribution and you think wow that filmmaker they just made they probably just made a lot of money because <laughs> freestyle releasing picked up their movie at sundance well freestyle releasing is a service company sure going to sundance looking for films that they think are sure things that they can market the filmmaker and the investors or the producers of that film are paying freestyle, not the other way around. That's so interesting. Yeah. So we so we submitted to a bunch of uh, service companies, and a lot of them we didn't even hear back because, again, 
even the service companies want to know that you were in Sundance or that you've got big stars or something like that. We heard from two, we, Oh, we heard, we, we heard from, from a, couple, a few. A we couple. heard from a few. You know, I mean, there's some out there. Um, like, Variance is very well respected. They got back to us, and he was like, he didn't watch the movie. He said, um, comedies are hard. You know, this looks fun. Good luck to you, but you know, comedies are hard. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and then oh. some others were like, you know, well, you, you, how much money do you have? And you know, and I think we might have said forty or fifty k, and they were like, yeah, not enough, not enough, not enough to do a two city release, wow. you know, and uh, and many of them didn't even get back to us, and many of them didn't even ask the question, how much money do you have? You know, I thought if you had a lot of money. Which we didn't. But they, but <laughs> Did you? I was thinking, no. 40 no, or 50K, do you even have 4 or 5K? Well, like, well, that's, a, that's an interesting thing to say. <laughs> but they, um, they, well, that's how much it costs. Honestly, you that, can't. You so can, you would have come up with it if, if they could do it. Yeah, the, yeah, okay. yeah. We, we had a plan for how to, how to come up with that. Well, I believe you. I know how you yeah. guys are. Okay, kind of the, cool. The general rule is, I mean, just in general, however much you spent on production and and post production, now double that. You know, take that amount. That's the amount that you're probably going to have to spend for distribution and marketing. Yeah. Wow, so yeah. it's, it's sitting there waiting for it to go somewhere, and now you have to pay to to get it out there too. Yeah, to sort of kick it out the door. Yep, yep, yep. And you know, and that that's this is the new way. Mm-hmm. This is not. This is common for everybody. Wow. You know, so many filmmakers are leaving Toronto and Sundance unhappy they don't have a deal Mm -hmm. and they don't know where they're going right you know and so if you're a really smart filmmaker you raise that money for distribution up front Mm -hmm. when you're raising your production money but it's it's hard not a a lot of people can't do it you know because you just barely got the money for production you know and so that was the big surprise about the service companies is i thought if you had enough money you could hire them but they didn't even ask, hey, do you have money? They weren't interested, you know. Mm-hmm. But a few of them were very nice, and they liked our trailer, and they gave us good information. And, you know, if you, when you have these conversations with the service companies, this is a wonderful opportunity to pick their brain because you're looking – you know, you're a potential customer of theirs, and so you can pick their brain for like, well, here's the strategy we're thinking about. Huh. You know, does that make sense? Was that, was that how you would approach it? You know, and they'll say things like, well, you know, we we definitely think you need to do a lot of uh, newspaper advertising and uh, TV advertising. You know, if, they're, if they may be saying things that don't jive with how you think it would be best marketed, you know, then that's a that that's. A red light too. Like okay, even if even if we pay you, you might not be the the person for us because you're not going to put it out the way that we want. Yeah, you're that not using. Sense. Yeah, or they may think you know maybe you think that going you know doing internet advertising or grassroots marketing is the way to go. But some service companies are very traditional, old school. They think oh newspaper ads. Make sure you have you know an ad in in the L.A. Times, you know, in the physical L.A. And that's Times. That's not get your audience. No. But there are service no. companies who still kind of think that way that this is the way you have to go because this is the way we've done it yeah that being said 
service companies are experienced in in distributing movies. Mm -hmm. Most filmmakers are not. Mm -hmm. If you can get a service company on board with you, they're probably going to be a lot more. Ex uh, they're going to probably be a lot better at getting your movie out there than than you will be. However, they, as Tammy said, they may not be spending your money wisely. So did did you end up working with a service company? No. No. What did you do? So the third way to get your movie into theaters is to four wall. And that means you are paying to rent the theater. Okay. Okay. And that option is out there. Okay. And it used to be a dirty word, and now it's happening more and more. In fact, some studios are having to four wall because they're like Magnolia, right? I think I'm saying the right distributor, but Magnolia has been releasing these movies um, on VOD and theaters at the same time, right? And you've heard about that, where movies yes, have been coming yes. out on VOD and theaters? Right. Uh, that's Susan Sarandon. Um, arbitrage. The arbitrage. That's exactly yeah. the movie I'm talking about. Yeah. That movie, Arbitrage, because of the way they released it, the theaters were not happy. Mm -hmm. And they forced the distributor to four wall ah. at the big AMCs at the big theaters. They had to four wall mm -hmm. because the theater was not happy about that arrangement. They're and the advantage of four walling for, for the independent filmmaker is that, you know, you get back all the money with a distributor. The distributor is going to take back that, that box office gross and then give you perhaps a portion of it. But with a four wall, all the box office comes back to you. So now it's just your job to get butts in seats. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's a big job. It's a hard job. But at the same time, you get back all the money. So, so in New York, there's a, there's a couple options for four walling. The, the quad cinema uh, is, is specializes in this, and the uh, village cinema, mm -hmm. uh, both are in Greenwich Village. Uh, village cinema does this as well. Mm -hmm. um, in With LA, the the Lemley, um, and then there's this uh, kind of a screening room in Hollywood called arena. the Arena um, Arena Screen or something. Um, and there, there may be some other options too, but those are the the main ones that we know about. And so, so we knew those were options, and that was kind of our that was our plan A. Mm -hmm. Was when everybody says no to us, as soon as we collect all our no's, <laughs> this is what we're doing, right? And, and and we were going full steam ahead, collecting our nose. Oh, good. Oh, yeah, we got a, a, a no from Tribeca. Okay, we're moving forward. You know, it just sort of helps us know, you oh, know, yeah. pinpoint exactly what you're going to do. So AMC AMC has a program. This is another thing to know about. Uh -huh. AMC Theaters has a program specifically for independent filmmakers. You submit your film right to AMC, no distributor, and you tell them what resources you have. What do you mean as, as far as like? How many Twitter followers? Are you talking yeah. about that kind mm -hmm. of stuff? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How many Twitter followers? How much money? Ah. And they're probably focusing more on how much money. Okay. <laughs> okay. But if you tell them you have a hundred thousand fans on Facebook, that that may that may impress them. But I don't know. How would how much money be of any interest to them? They want to know that you have the money to market the movie. Got it. Got yeah. Got it. So it, with the AMC program's not a four wall program. They're not going to charge you for the uh, renting the theater, but they do want to know that you can do advertising that you're going to promote it. Mm -hmm. You know. And so I think we said to. AMC, yeah, we've, I think at that point we were saying 50 because 40 people were laughing at us. So I think we said to AMC, we have 50K, uh -huh. right? And um, 
they still said and no. And still said no. So right. that's a, a whole lot more money. Oh, yeah, that they're boy. looking for. Jeez. So we did look very much at, at the Quad, the Quad Cinema in Greenwich Village in New York City. Um, and we submitted, uh, you did have to submit your film to them. They did watch it, um, which I actually appreciate that they watched it. There are some places that forewalled and you just plunk down the money and they never look at your film and they don't care what your film is. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's this guy, Elliot Kambar, uh, who looked at our movie uh, and he called us. He said he loved it. Yay, Elliot. Whoa. We Shout love Elliot. Shout out to yeah. Elliot Kambar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a great program they've got there and they they give you uh built into the fee which is not cheap uh (laughs) they give you a a publicist and they pretty much guarantee you a review in the new york times wow oh Oh, this better happen but that's what they they pretty much guarantee it (laughs) um and then they're like and we try to get other reviews too Mm -hmm. you know but the new york times is the one you really want um so our next thing was kind of figuring out the date yes figuring out when to come out Right. Okay. And, and, you know, meanwhile, we're collecting our nose. Festivals are getting back to us, you know, because keep in mind, we were submitting to the top 10 festivals mm-hmm. and that's it. Because with Never Say Macbeth, we did the little festivals. It, it was fun. It didn't do much for us. Mm-hmm. So we didn't equate the little festivals with a career advancement, but we did equate the big festivals with career advancement. So we, we submitted to them and but they don't take mo- most of the big festivals do not really take comedies with no stars. You know, if you look, especially a romantic comedy, if you look at what films get in, and when comedies do get into the big festivals, like um, Little Miss Sunshine and uh, and Hamlet Two, these movies have big stars, and that's especially the kind of especially the romantic. I mean, if there yeah. is a romantic comedy in there, yeah, it, it always has stars. I mean, was I think Salmon Fishing in the Yemen? I think was. Uh, uh, was in a Sundance or something. Right. So our only, like, the only ones we were really thinking we had hope for was Slam Dance and um, South by Southwest. Well, South by Southwest uh, picked up Burt Wonderstone as their opening night film. So we sort of knew that that wasn't going to happen uh, because they were not going to program yeah. two magic movies. So they two went magic for the, comedies. Oh, yeah. no, you yeah. were... Burt Wonderstone, really? Yeah. Oh, this is South by Southwest is supposed to be the independent (laughs) filmmaking hub. And they made their opening night film, Burt Wonderstone, which was just a timing (laughs) misfortune because the Burt Wonderstone was coming out the next week. Yeah. And Warner Brothers probably, I don't know, probably pays South by Southwest for that for that marketing privilege. I'm guessing, Mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of a win-win for both of them because it brings in press and fans. We understood, but it was a blow to us. Oh boy. Yeah. So we had to, we had to figure out our dates and we had to figure out, you know, whether or not we wanted to try to come out before Burt Wonderstone, after Burt Wonderstone. We realized that we're at, there's actually a lot of magic movies coming out. Isn't that a good thing, don't you think? In a way, because it sort of just says, okay, this is trending right now. Totally. And now you see me, which is a big magic thriller, $70 million thriller from summit is coming out June 7th. Okay. Okay. Burt Wonderstone was coming out March 15. Right. So it was either hustle Get out before Burt Wonderstone, so we'd be first. Yeah. Come out in between them, where we'd have a pretty narrow window, or take our time and come in after. And and we started interviewing publicists, saying that we wanted to do this release, and we 
you know, you use this interview mm-hmm. of, hey, I want to hire you. You know, you do this with your DPs, too. Okay. When you're hiring your DP, you always ask them a lot of questions. It, it gives, you know, it's a good way to people who want to be hired by you are glad to give you a little bit of free advice, oh, you know. And so um, when we were interviewing our publicists, we were asking them about our release st- strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so they were all sort of leaning towards come out in the middle, in between the two big magic movies. And also, um, Elliot over at Quad Cinema, he said, whatever you do. shout out to Elliot! (laughs) (laughs) We love him. Um, He said, just, you know, whatever you do, try to avoid coming out around the time of Tribeca. Mm -hmm. Because obviously all the press is very focused on that. Which is April. Right. Right. So, So it sort of, it narrowed the window down of when we would be coming out. So... In New York City, we're going to be coming out on May 3rd. Um, there's oh, gee, uh, May 3rd at the Quad Cinema <laughs> in New York City. It's from May 3rd through 9th, that's, isn't that right? That's correct. The Quad that's correct. Cinema, New York City, May 3rd through 9th. Okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> yep, yep. I mean, there's always something. Go- you're always going up against some big movie out there, some studio yeah, movie. Yeah, we're going up against Iron Man th- uh, Three. Iron Man 3. But yeah. you know, Iron Man 3 is going to be out for a long time because <laughs> yeah. it's only out one week. Right. So um, I, I think we almost have to go into Act 3 I think already. We do, yeah. So, okay, so we, we, um, we, oh, some other film committed to the quad. And that, like, I was like, uh oh, uh oh, because they only have four theaters. Sure. So we were like, all right. We better, we better, we better make this plunge. And this was when January twenty fourth. Okay, so January twenty fourth, we we committed to the quad, mm-hmm. right? And we knew that L A was next. We, we we had already, I think, made contact with Lemley. with uh, Lemley. Lemley Noho. Yeah. Well, we were still debating about exactly where we were going to go, but Lemley was very receptive, and the prices are actually quite reasonable compared to the quad. Um, they don't give you a publicist, but it's a better price. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're actually good to work with, too. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we committed to the quad. On the 24th. On the 25th, we had a plan. Yeah. Of, the, of, so this was January, yeah, right? Yeah, January 25th. We had a plan. Movie was ready. Movie was done. We had our marketing yeah. strategy. And they say, you know, you need about four months to really get all your marketing together. Yeah, and, and to we publicize. had less because four months would have been the end we, of May. We, yeah, right? we, we had, had less. but We had about three and a half months. Okay. Right, so or less about three months, little more. Yeah, and so we on the twenty fifth we um we worked out like exactly the game plan. Okay, this is what we'll be doing in February. This is what we need to be doing in March. Here's April. You know, every day was practically accounted for. Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> much worked out. Uh, and then um, on the twenty sixth, we get an email. Yeah, an email out of the blue. Um, it said, "Hi, Joe. Um, I saw your trailer. I found it." quite endearing um i see that you're looking for money uh why don't we have lunch and talk about it who who was it uh so he leaves uh an imdb uh link okay um so i i i will say negotiations are still pending Uh uh-huh so anyone in their right mind uh would not say the name of the person but but i will say it okay um we asked him ahead of time if it was okay so you may know this name. Actually, we did not. Okay. Okay, but uh, most writers will. It's uh, this is Lee Aronson, uh, co-creator of Two and a Half Men, wow. showrunner for Big Bang Theory. Oh my God! Wow. And it's been the TV business for thirty-five years. Oh, yeah, that's the great. Lo- start on the love boat. So we were freaking out. We're like, 
what? This is crazy. <laughs> you know, and it was very like short little email, like didn't say much, just, you know, and we're like, this can't be possible. You know, they always tell you when you're looking for money, mm -hmm. go outside of LA go outside of industry people contact a dentist yeah and, and not dentists in la dentists right. in ohio who who think that uh the movie industry is so glamorous you know and so we were going over all the ramifications of what could he want you know and what we came up with was that he probably wanted to option it as a sitcom mm -hmm. right and so i start prepping you know, it, we had just heard the podcast you did with the guy, Joe, yeah. you know, who said, hook up with an A-list showrunner. Uh -huh, right. And we're like, oh my God, you know, <laughs> you know, and, 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 you know, all along our goals were to get the attention of industry, right? right? And advance our career, right? And honestly, by getting this email, we had already accomplished that goal, how great. You know? And so we didn't even, it, the, how this lunch went, whether it led to money or projects or anything, really didn't matter. It was already fulfilling a goal. Yeah, yeah. We could actually stop there. And we were like, this is cool. You know? Right. Somebody recognized us and thought that, that we were doing something good. Wow. Right? So. But we had lunch. Our first. Hollywood lunch. <laughs> yes, we, we uh, yes, uh, you know, and I'm a terrible orderer. Oh, yeah. Where'd you go? Uh, well, <laughs> it was a deli. Oh, okay. it, it was a deli. You, you know, like a Meg Ryan orderer, like side of this and hold that. Well, there are things you know that we learned about you know about these industry lunches. I guess they don't use menus. You know, they these these executives, these showrunners, they know exactly what they want to so order. Don't spend all this time looking at the menu. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. Well. So, Joe can never decide what he wants to order <laughs> ever. So, so we ahead of time, you know, Joe looked at the menu and he figured On out the website, what it is. I, I figured out ahead of time what I wanted to order. But they don't even they don't even like these showrunners. They don't even well, take the menus, or at least Lee didn't. Lee, take Lee the didn't. Menu. He, he knew exactly what he wanted. Didn't look at the menu, and we just said, well. I'll have the, you know, we knew exactly what we wanted Luckily, to. Luckily, we remembered what we wanted. And this was the amazing thing. I mean, Joe here was, you know, was talking about the movie and everything. But I was just, and I guess this is just because I, I just watched the little minutiae of people or something like that. I was just watching it. How fastly ordered and how fast he ate. He was done <laughs> with his meal, I would say, in about two minutes. I mean, the whole thing. It was just incredible. Wow. So, so we had this lunch. Uh, he is not interested in making it into a sitcom. Okay. Um, although, you know, kind of, there was a little bit of a who knows right. out there, hanging sure. out there with wherever it might lead. Um, and he said, well, let me take a look at the movie and, and, and take it from there. I, I, you know, I don't, I probably won't like it, <laughs> you know? Oh, oh! He, he said. He, he said. I don't. I don't usually like anything. Yeah, <laughs> but he liked that trailer he, enough to reach out to you. You're total stranger. He did. He yeah. did. So and there is something he liked. Yes, and he was blunt. You know, he watched the trailer to Never Say Macbeth, and uh -huh. he was putting it down left and right. You know, we're like, okay, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah. <Right. laughs> so, all right. So he took the movie, watched it, and um, he said. He, and, he, and he liked it. He liked the movie. He, he liked a lot of things about it. He had some complaints, some story complaints 
um, and um, which which I'll, I'll bring up in a second. And also, there were some shots that were shaky, and that he that he felt needed to be stabilized. You know, which is interesting because Tammy and I have been going to a lot of film festivals, mm-hmm. and we've been seeing movies that go to Sundance and get go quite far and LA have film festival and have a lot of shaky footage. Mm-hmm. And we basically did for the most part whenever it's it's there's shaky footage we try to do it when it fits the story i've been watching some films at at la film festival and like from the very first shot it's like you're in an earthquake i mean the Mm. whole movie is just is just shaking around and yet la film festival is taking them but i don't know that distributors are taking them Uh, you know sort of like this is looking at it from a more commercial eye i think so i think so yeah yeah i mean certainly in the world of big bang theory and two and a half men they're not using shaky footage Mm -hmm. except maybe on purpose for an earthquake scene, right? And and we had some shaky footage that was not on purpose. Mm-hmm. We had a little bit that was and some that wasn't, right? right? And he, he felt it needed to be fixed. And he also felt there was room for trims, mm-hmm. right? Now, keep in mind, we told you, we were three months away from the release. We're locked. We're <laughs> movie totally is locked. locked. <laughs> and... He's saying, I might be open to investing in your movie, but you're going to have to make these changes. So we're like, well, we're open. We're, you know, we're open to suggestions. Let's hear the suggestions. We, we went over to his place and he gave us notes. Um, he gave us 158 notes. Wow. Yeah. They were all. He cares. Yeah. Yeah. He loves loves doing this. He loves giving notes. He's very passionate (laughs) about this. Um, They were not huge notes. Mm -hmm. uh, Many of them were very small. And had we not been locked and had, you know, music recorded with live instruments and all of that, we probably would have been been able to take a large amount of them. But... uh, you know, when you when you chop your movie apart, when you do anything to your movie once it's locked, it it, it causes a lot of things to go awry. Right, right. And so he said, "Well, you know, I understand what you're saying. I understand it, it may be challenging. You know, take the notes that you can take, um, fix the shaky shots, mm-hmm. and I really want you to add this one insert shot." Ooh. Okay. Now this is interesting. I, I have to read you something. Okay. Okay. This is a a little mini synopsis that I wrote up way back when, probably we were submitting to some film independent lab ages ago. And you know, in addition to a log line, they want a little mini synopsis. Okay. All right, I'm gonna read you the original mini synopsis. I don't think we've ever talked about what the movie's about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jason is not the magician he wishes he was. Bored with his life as a computer programmer, he dreams of his own show in Vegas. Stacy achieved that dream, only to be spit out by the male-dominated magic establishment, leaving her to fend for herself on the street, passing the hat to tourists and picking pockets. They both have something to prove. The Brotherhood of Magicians competition gives them one last shot at success. But as the sparks fly between them, will Stacy pull Jason into her life of crime? Hmm. Okay. But what's interesting about that mini synopsis is the first line where it says, bored with his life as a computer programmer, he dreams of his own show in Vegas. Mm -hmm. Because as we started doing the marketing for the movie and putting together the website and the press kit, we're like... The movie was done. We're like, where does Jason say he wants to have a show in Vegas? Ah, it wasn't in there. Got you it. know, it had somehow 
not made it into the movie. You know, I don't think there was ever a line that got cut. It just sort of didn't make it in. It was what you knew as the writer, yeah. but it never actually it it came into the story. Never came into the story. And, you know, and you had Doug Chamberlain on as well. And, you know, six months, nine, no, nine months earlier, maybe a year earlier, when Doug watched a rough cut, he said, you know, I don't know exactly what Jason's dream is. And that, you know, and that, that was an issue for me. I need to know Jason's dream right up front. Mm-hmm. And now Lee was saying, and Lee I was, want an insert where we see what Jason's dream is. Yeah. Yeah. So they were both giving us the same note, you know, and we had already changed the marketing materials to say, bored with his life as a computer programmer, he dreams of becoming a professional magician. We had dulled it down. Mm-hmm. But if you find yourself dulling down your marketing materials, it might mean you miss something in the shoot you know or in the script in the original script right so are you going to are you going to film this well we shot it we had to shoot it wow we were back and here we were about to come you know we're about to come out very soon right and we're back in production again looking for props costumes locations trying to figure out what magic trick it should be your lead is a decade older what oh (laughs) exactly you're not kidding (laughs) i i i got my hair dyed (laughs) because my hair was going gray from three years of hell of making a movie i i to make it match because this this we had to match a scene which was a scene we shot in 2010 <laughs> i we were now shooting in 2013 oh my lord and and we learned you know we learned from our from our sound guy that even though we were very we were very careful about what we trimmed to make sure that when the effects sound too much we learned that any trims that you make mm-hmm. in the movie can cause huge problems because it can shift things yeah. levels can raise lower so all of a sudden you know we were checking our movie once it was about to be locked again and we're hearing just weird things that we had never heard before and and now we're like going back and forth over and over again you know having to watch the whole movie and check and i mean i don't know how many times we had to check the movie Uh, it's ridiculous yeah yeah it's ridiculous but yeah we trimmed three minutes out of the movie and you know these were good trims right you know we didn't take these notes because he said you have to take these notes we took the notes because they were good notes but they were just coming at an uh unfortunate time because mm-hmm. it would have been great if we if he had you know if he if he was kind he would have contacted us six months earlier mm-hmm. <laughs> but we, he didn't know he didn't, we didn't have our trailer out six months earlier right so that's the right, problem right so no I, I'm, I'm just making a joke but you know it was just uh so we were scrambling to make these changes and now we are locked again and now the movie's done again. Movie is done, delivered um, to the theaters. And meanwhile, negotiations with his, his lawyer and our producer rep are still going on. So, so no money has actually changed hands. So please do not contact Lee Aronson and tell him that independent film is a bad investment. He already knows. We've hey, told, we've told him. him. Yeah. <laughs> Yet he still wants to pursue this <laughs> if his lawyers will let him. <gasps> That's awesome. That is wonderful. Ah, I. So, so Lemley's. Yes, yes, yes. So we'll be at the Lemley uh, in in North Hollywood um, from May 10 to May 16. I'm checking my my calendar here. Please, please Cause, come. Cause, well, the thing is, I'm I'm seeing if I'm going to be in Poland. Oh, am I going to be in Poland then? I don't know. 
Um, you know, when I saw that Burt Wonderstone was going to be playing at Lemley NoHo, mm -hmm. I immediately contacted them and I said, let's move forward and please show our trailer before Burt Wonderstone. Right. And they did. They did. Which was great. Wow. Oh, yeah, that's it, terrific. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. It was very exciting. I am going to be there. <laughs> I will. I will be in Poland. And oh. then I have writing groups, okay. but I will be there on Wednesday, May 15th at the Lemley's NoHo 7. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So I'll be there then. Great. So anybody who wants to, to hang out with me and have some popcorn and watch your movie, for me, actually, this is going to be the first time seeing it yeah. on screen. I oh, read yeah. this script way, way back, did a couple passes with you. Yep. you know, I know it's changed enormously since then, but uh, I am inviting all the podcast listeners to be my date. So I'll, I'll be there then on the, on the 15th. But everybody else, go there, the 10th through the 16th, LA yep. people, and go to the Quad Cinema in New York City, May 3rd through 9th. Yep. Mm -hmm. And now we're also going to be, if, if anybody outside of New York and LA wants our film to come to their city... Uh, they can request a screening on Tug, T-U-G-G dot com. And Tug allows people from around the country to request screenings at their local cinema. And, and they host the screening. All you have to do is kind of spread the word. So if you live in Toledo, you just spread the word to your Toledo friends. We'll help you spread the word to the Toledo magic community. You just have to show up and, um, and, and the screening will happen on a weekday night at your local cine cinema. Is there a chance that you'd be able to go there and talk to, to anybody? Well, there's... Uh, we you got a budget. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll budget. we can <laughs> certainly do a video Skype. Yeah, that's good. And, and we might be able to come to your city schedule permitting <laughs> and money permitting and budget permitting right. Come on, Lee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> guys this has been so inspiring is there any last thing that you want to tell anybody before before we sign off because well oh, you, you yeah. asked for tips we have tips but we're probably out of time but we can email you those tips oh that's a good idea yeah uh, well, unless you want us to go through them really fast well it's t almost you know what Let's let's do a couple of those tips right here. Okay. Right. Okay. okay. Because um, I don't have to get to class uh, for another ten minutes, so all we're right. all right. All right. You go okay. First go for it. All right. Uh, let's see what uh, we have. A list of tips here. Let's see. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, tips that we sort of learned along the way. One thing I learned is that you know trust that you've cast good actors. Uh, you know, they say 80% of, of directing is, is casting. And, you know, sometimes as I was watching the actors, I would go, why am I not telling them more notes? Why am I not telling them more things? And I was like, no, no, just trust, relax. Don't fill their heads with too much stuff. And don't feel like you always have to be directing. You know, sometimes you can back off and, and just let the actors do their thing. Excellent. Um, all right, I'm stealing this one from Mark and Jay Duplass, um, who are uh, filmmakers we admire. Um, surround yourself with gentle, loving people. Aww. You know, because it's 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 no good making a movie if people are gonna have a lot of negativity around you or constantly be, you know, muttering under their breath about you. You know, have kind people around you who who send love in your direction sure i'm sure you're insecure enough without without yeah. without the mutterers there's, yeah. there's so yeah. much that you're dealing with that it's, yeah. yeah you just need everybody to sort of be a part of your warm happy family as much as possible and on the other side of that coin i do want to, you should surround yourself with talented passionate people who are not just yes men or yes women you want people to be in an environment where they can speak up and speak their mind 
and share their opinion with you and back off when, when if you disagree, mm-hmm. you know, but it's, it, it's the worst thing ever to have crew that don't share your thoughts because you, you, you chop it down every time they try to say something, you know, that makes sense. Yeah. And, uh, let's see one of my tips. Um, well, you know, it was kind of surprising. There were some people when we did auditions that wouldn't show up for auditions that Hmm. just wouldn't, you know, and then we had other people, we had, we had some extras who stuck around longer than, uh, they were needed and ended up getting like bigger parts. So show up, be present. There's, there's a lot of things going on in Los Angeles where people are like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And they're, you know, people in LA are always doing 10,000 million things. And it's like, stop, focus on what you're doing and do the thing that you're doing right. And do it, do it well. I agree. Um, have a plan how you'll distribute your movie if everyone says no to you. You know, know what you're gonna do if everybody says no. I just love that. Yeah, I don't w- don't make Plan A, Sundance, and Fox Searchlight. I love collecting no's. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> there's gonna be a lot of them. Um, I, I'd say one of my tips uh, is to. I mean, this is I guess kind of an obvious one um, to just you know be prepared as as much as you can before a shoot day and just know that no matter how much you prepare no matter how hard you work there's gonna be something that's gonna go wrong in the day of the shoot and you're just gonna have to be flexible and go with it and improvise and you know you might have to sacrifice a few things but ultimately it will all work out wonderful and i like tammy's note which is try not to scream at your crew oh yeah that was was you don't want to be a screamer no no No. and a lot of crew would say to us that you know we like your shoots because nobody's yelling (laughs) you know and i guess a lot of shoots there's yelling ah i can't you know and that goes with a lot of jobs in la Mm -hmm. right you know that's the first thing i ask of, of people sometimes you know as every once in a while you know some big shot comes my way and then when you want to work with some somebody and I'm I'm always like are they a screamer (laughs) (laughs) because I don't care how big you are if you're a screamer no so (laughs) you know the people that that you work with I mean there are some screamers out there who do get things done and are very (laughs) successful but I mean for the most part it seems like if you're if you're calm and collected people will respect you more if you're the director the producer you got to be you know sort of in charge of the ship and people got to see that you're you know zen and collected so, so nick would you agree having worked with these guys they're they're not screeners and they're zen and collected and well no <laughs> absolutely they were great i had a great time everyone had a good time i i did i did scream uh when i needed people to be quiet uh ah. that that was where i would i would scream well, but that's that the job of sort of also the assistant director yeah. too which at, we didn't you know. have <laughs> yep. so you doing the job we don't the have a, we don't have a big director. crew yeah oh, we sometimes <laughs> we sometimes, we sometimes did, did. Yeah, we i take that back did. sorry ml <laughs> yeah yeah we sometimes did guys I, you know i have to say that that just having you on for three years now right just giving all of these these little updates it's been inspiring to people out there who have who are thinking about doing an independent film are doing maybe a short or are doing an independent feature it's been and it's been educational for me thank you very much for coming right, on. well welcome. thank you for having us yeah, on thanks I, for having us i'm so proud i'm sitting here with a big grin on my face feel like a proud mama i can't wait to see the movie yeah. and i am uh, i can't wait to hear more stories in the future i think this is probably going to be our last update for now because yeah, you know act sure. three has been achieved like you said you met your goals and I'm I'm thrilled for you. Um, 
Do go to the Facebook page, though, everybody, because um, as more updates happen down the pike, you know, when it is on video yep. on demand and all that kind of stuff, I will be updating about Joe and Tammy for sure. Uh, so go to the On The Page Facebook page. Like us. There's all kinds of stuff that I'm trying to put on the Facebook page these days, um, including any list of tips or whatever usually ends up there in the notes section. So you should go to the Facebook page just to check out the notes section. There's all kinds of stuff. There. Email me at inquire at onthepage.tv to be put on the mailing list or to also be a roving reporter. Get on the Facebook page. Check out all the stuff going on at onthepage.tv, especially the career classes with Lee Jessup, which will be in Los Angeles, Chicago, and New York. And Nick, I want to thank you again for producing these past two podcasts. Not at all. Thank you for having me. Tammy, Tammy and Joe, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank and you. Everybody out there, have a good writing week. <laughs>